0: Publisher Podcast, episode 66. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Publisher Podcast. Today is a special type of interview because I am actually um, paying homage to a very dear and special friend of mine, Shelley Longenecker, who sadly passed away a few weeks ago. Today would have been her 48th birthday and I can't think of a better way than to share her with my audience as she was also an author and a business builder and a, a very valued member of our women in publishing summit she was a guest three times on the conference and um i would have had her every year if i could have because she had so much wonderful information to share with us i hope you'll enjoy this episode it may be a little bit longer than they normally are But um, Shelly deserves it. She was an amazing woman, and she was taken from us way, way too young. Uh, She had so much more that she should have been able to give in this world, but uh, she did amazing things in the time that she was here, and she was a very close, close friend of mine, and my heart is truly broken, so it'll be amazing if I can spend less than three days talking to you about her, actually. (laughs) So I'll try to keep this concise and to the point, but um, she was the author of a book called Dinner for a Dollar, and her website is still up, dinnerforadollar.co. Her book is still on Amazon, and if you're looking for great tips on how to cook a clean and wholesome meal, um, like lifestyle for your family and do it on a budget, Shelly was the person to teach you how to do this. So before we get into the episode just a couple of reminders if you would please subscribe to us at your uh wherever you listen to your podcasts apple or stitcher or um spotify wherever we would love it if you would not only subscribe but also leave us a great review reviews help people find us and help us know if this is the podcast for them and of course as we all know, marketing, getting reviews and feedback, it's important not just for books, but for everything that we're doing out there as a public figure. So I would be greatly, greatly appreciative if you could do that for me. And also make sure you head on over to womeninpublishingsummit.com forward slash events, where you can see everything that we have coming up. It may be summertime and we're on a lighter schedule than normal, but we still have at least two webinars and other events happening throughout each month over the summer that we would love to share with you. And finally, our call for speakers is open it is June 22nd, 2022, as this podcast is airing live, so depending on when you are hearing this, it may or may not still be open. They will be closing on August 15th, so make sure you head over to womenandpublishingsummit.com. The link is right there at the top of the main page if you are interested in being a speaker or if you want to share this with a colleague or friend or someone else that you think would be a great speaker as well. Um, I can hardly believe we are already in the process of selecting our next round of speakers for 2023, but the time is here. All right, everyone. Now, let's talk about Shelly and the amazing businesswoman and author and person that she was. Welcome to the Publish Her Podcast, a place where you can come to get inspiration, motivation, help, encouragement, and support in your journey to write, publish and sell your book hosted by alexa bigwarf all right so we're going to be listening to an interview that i conducted with shelly a couple of years ago for the women in publishing summit she provided so much value in this interview i just i was going to try and cut some of it out but it was just so much good stuff i just couldn't stop um we talk about a lot of things not only her journey with cancer but how it made her change her business and book launch and book marketing and all the things that she was doing, and then she gets into some really great insights into how she grew her email list and how she created collaborations and partnerships and all of the many things that she had going on to increase her overall business using her book to do all of this. So this is an incredible interview, and I know you're going to get a lot from it. So without further ado, my interview with Shelley Longenecker.
1: You had just launched your book. You had all this momentum going. Yeah. And then boom, you were down and out and there was nothing you could do. And you have come back with such a vigor on, you know, putting things in place and doing all these things and not letting it stop you. And, um, and you've got some great ideas that we're going to talk about.
2: Gosh, you know, I'll try not to get emotional, but it is an emotional story. So that may come. Um, and that's Okay. But you're, you're exactly right. I had, so last October, it would have been October of 2018. I broke all the rules that Alexa suggests and you should definitely listen to her when she tells you to build an audience before you launch a book. So I launched my business and my book on the same day, October 1st of 2018 to an audience of like four people. <laughs> um, and um, they were like two friends Um I genuinely believed that if you had a good book, a well-written book, a well-done book, on a culturally relevant topic, that it would just sell. Um, people, I knew that people wanted what I knew. I knew that, and I still know that. I knew that my book worked. I still know that. And I just thought, oh, that'll be enough, and my book will just people will magically hear about my book and they'll just buy it, and you know, <laughs> I'll make a hundred thousand dollars a year. So that's what I believed, and. Um, when I quickly realized that I reached out to Alexa and I booked like a 30 minute crash marketing course with her and she in 30 minutes she told me everything that was wrong with what I had done which was exactly what I paid her for and um, I, I did I probably did what hardly anyone does I literally did everything she told me I, I put into place every single thing she told me to do um and then i hired her to help me reformat the book a little bit get it onto kdp get it in print um and then i've hired her a couple of times since then for different marketing um appointments um and so i was it was april when i got so i launched in october right i launched on amazon in maybe like mid january or february And I then I had just finished my audio book in March, and I was getting ready. I just set up my affiliate program. I was getting ready to set up courses and um, some book clubs and stuff. And in April, I was diagnosed with cancer. And it was to say it was devastating was you know certainly an understatement for all the reasons all of you could imagine. No one wants a cancer diagnosis, and ovarian cancer diagnosis is you know it's not a simple one. That's a that's a hard one to beat. The um, and maybe maybe I can share about the signs and symptoms of ovarian cancer to bring awareness sometime to the women because um, it's a silent, it's the number one killer, uh, gynecological killer of women <clears throat> um, because it's silent until it's almost too late. So it was a devastating diagnosis. And I remember I was laying on the couch, and I re- all I remember is just being in blackness. Like I remember I was in this dark, Place. And um, I was talking to a friend of mine and I said, Man, I cannot believe that I just got diagnosed because I was having the time of my life. Like I had just, I had been a stay-at-home mom for 17 years, and I was, I was ready. I we had our kids 12 years apart. So I had small children for 17 years. And when my youngest one went to kindergarten, I went to my husband and I said, dude. I have got to brush these Cheerios off my cardigan, and I gotta go do something outside of this home. I've gotta go do something that's semi-intelligent, that's semi-driven. This part of me, I mean, I was never gonna have children, and I had four, and I ended up homeschooling them. I was planning on having a career, and I put my whole career self aside for 17 years. And When I came out, that drive that you saw, that you experienced, was because it had been pent up for 17 years and I was having so much fun. Work felt like play to me. And when I got diagnosed, it all stopped and I I was saying to a friend, um, I was just having the time of my life and she said the most powerful words to me that any human has ever spoken to me and probably ever will. She said, well, why don't you keep having the time of your life? And it hit me like a ton of bricks. And it, it wasn't flippant. I suppose if you hear that, you might think, oh my gosh, what was she thinking? Saying something like that, no,
3: I but
2: she knew me, she knows who I am. She knows my mindset. She knows my spirit. She knows my faith. And she said, why don't you keep having the time of your life And a switch flipped? And I was like, oh, okay. I'm not dead yet. So I have a choice. I have a choice how I'm going to fight this how I'm going to live with this, how I'm going to recover from this, how I'm going to walk through this. And so many people talk to me about how I walked through cancer, that it was one of the most amazing things they ever saw. And I think it was because I made that choice. I made a choice to continue to have the time of my life, even though I was walking through truly the valley of the shadow of death. I was truly walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And um, my cancer journey was not easy. I had several complications that my oncologist, who's the best in the state, had never seen in 25 years of practice. Um, I almost died <clears throat> uh, one time. I, I, um, you know, my heart stopped beating, and they had to resuscitate me. And um, I had several other major complications, and um, it was not an easy road at all. I had a very, very difficult path. And it lasted about nine months. My chemo, I had two surgeries. And, and um, as I was coming out of it, um, I'll talk about while I went through it and how I kept my business afloat in a minute, but I'll just kind of tell this larger timeline and then go back. As I was coming out of it, I had, after my treatment, between the time that I finished my treatment and the time that I was really back on my feet again was a solid month. Because I got meningitis for the second time after I had my treatment. Um, I got bronchitis that actually literally almost killed me. Like who dies from bronchitis when you beat ovarian cancer? Um, but it was, it, I just was so compromised that everything was really serious. And so I had about a month on the couch. And um, I, I spent that month in massive reflection. Massive amounts of prayer, meditation, visualization, um, and soul searching and lots and lots of journaling. And I, because I almost died um, and because my cancer has an 80% recurrence rate um, and it has a 71%, no, it's a 69% death rate in five years. Wow. Okay. So every year, 21,000 women are, are diagnosed with ovarian cancer and every year 14,000 die. Oh okay. So those were the numbers that I was faced with in my recovery. And I'm laying there on the couch and I'm dealing with those numbers. I'm wrestling with them, right? I, anyone could die at any moment. This is a reality that we all face. We all ignore it pretty much 24 seven. We ignore this reality. We act like we're never going to die. Um, and i made a commitment on that couch i'm like i am never going to forget that i'm going to die like i want to remember that i'm going to die not not today not this year you know because when we are clear that one day we will no longer live on this earth it gives our life in this very moment perfect clarity mm-hmm. and i hold that reality in the front of my mind that if I were to die in five years, would I do this? Would I take this action in my life? Would I take this business action? Would I take these family actions? Would I take these financial choices? And when I hold that, that five year plan, not that I plan on dying in five years at all, I'm perfectly healthy, Um, but it has given my life perfect clarity and it has given my business perfect clarity. So when I sat on that couch, Basically, what I did is I asked myself, when I take my last breath on this earth, what life do I want to die from? Mm. And that changes everything when you ask that question. So now I am set on building a life that I want to die from, building a family that when I leave, I did, I did my family right. You know building a marriage that when I leave, I did my marriage right, building a community, building service, building friendships. and when I had those serious conversations, I know this is so heavy and maybe not at all what you were hoping we would do today, but no you right. I, I had to ask myself, is dinner for a dollar a business? Does that Is that the kind of life I would want to die from? If I was to die in five years, would I still build dinner for a dollar? And so I had to ask that hard question. and I realized, uh, yes, I absolutely would because I completely believe in the mission of dinner for a dollar, which is to help people hit to help people eat well on a tight budget and a tight schedule. because we all know eating well is important. And I'm not giving a dinner for a dollar pitch here. I'm talking you through. how I made the choices that I make and why I have so much passion and clarity and why my business is laser focused because what I do is important. And if I were to die in five years, I would want to spend these last five years doing this because eating well is important. We all know this, but we don't do it because we think it's too expensive and it takes too much time. So I'm helping the world be a better place (laughs) by by working with this message. And so when I came off the couch, um, I I flew off the freaking couch, Alexa. I did. I I started work in December. So here we are. This is March, right? Okay. So in November I got my last treatment. In December, I started very part time because it was also the holidays and I wanted, was really committed, and I was still very low on energy. So I made sure that my family got the first part of my energy. And so I eased back into Dinner for Dollar in, in December. <laughs> but in January, I had 18 speaking engagements. I oh, know. Okay. So me easing off in December, booked my I booked myself 18 speaking engagements in January. And start, since January, I have grown my email list. So I had about 900 emails when I started in January of 2020 I'm at almost 1400. So I've almost grown my email list 50% in Two months that's great and that only happened through complete clarity I know exactly what my business goals are this year. I know exactly what actions I'm taking It's a little messy. The action is messy. I am totally a proponent of messy action As long as you're clear about where you're trying to go. You cannot wait until you're perfect Um, and anyway, so that's where we're at today. I'm on a 50% growth curve. Um, I had 18 speaking engagements in, um, January. I didn't catch your uh, live earlier because I launched a book club, uh, this month and, um, I'm so excited. I, I was doing my book club in your previous live. I've got, um, speaking engagement, a live one this week. Um, so things are things are exploding. Um, so is that what you wanted to hear?
1: (laughs) Exactly what I wanted to hear because it sets the stage for a couple of things. First of all, that is, um, well, you know, we talk a lot about how if you're going to build a business as a writer or even somebody who's writing that goes to a larger business, like you have your book, but then you also have your programs that go with it. So you've got, multiple streams of revenue. And now you're adding in these book clubs, which are so smart. And we're going to talk about how you're doing that, what you're doing with that, because I think it's a, it's an incredible idea that I think so many people could, um, could jump on with regardless of genre. But anyway, it sets the stage for like how important it is, um, one that if you have these kind of systems and things in place, which is what we talked about a little bit earlier with Joellen, then you have, um, Revenue coming in when you have to be on the couch for eight a month or eight months. Right, so if, if you had the opportunity to put some of these things in places Then it would have continued to poured into your family life. Of course, we don't know if you would have had the, the Like drive to do all the things that you have now done because I think you do though I knew you before cancer and you were just as driven which is why yeah. it was so sad to me when you were you know Taken off the playing field But but yes, it sets the stage perfectly for for what we're talking about, which is building that business, um, putting the systems in place so that it can continue to work for you and an email list, growing that email list, growing those contacts. That's a huge part of it. And then, you know, different ways of diversifying your income through the stuff you're doing. So let's talk about when you said you um, came out with a passion to Get your, get, what was that then when you decided I'm going to start doing all these lives, what was the, what was the purpose behind the, the, um, sorry, not the lives, the speaking events, but
3: yeah, what,
1: what were they about and, and how did you start that
3: process?
2: Well, I remember you saying to me, um, you know, because we became friends. So we chat more frequently than we did at the very beginning when I hired you and we were just colleagues, um, So I was messaging you about trying to um, decide if I should um, join a course that was pretty expensive. It was like $2,000, and I was on the fence about it. And you were like, do not buy that course. You said, take that $2,000 and use it to grow your audience because here's the thing. You cannot sell to the same people over and over and over and over. You have to grow your audience. And um, when I went into cancer, I had an audience of about 900 which was pretty good because I started with zero right in October. And so by April I had gotten it to about a thousand. Wow. And I had a very, very specific and, um, clear content marketing plan, which I highly recommend. So not only am I growing my audience, but I'm nurturing that audience through weekly emails. And I had done that up to my cancer. And so even though, um, you know, I had an audience of about a thousand when I got diagnosed, and my engagement rate in my Facebook group is like ninety. It's over ninety percent. Over ninety percent of the thirteen hundred people who are in my Facebook group today engage with my content at least once a month. Wow. Huge engagement rate. So I have, a, I have a very engaged audience because I'm regularly communicating with them. I'm adding value to them. I'm not selling to them twenty four seven. You can't have nine hundred people and want to sell them your book every week. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and so I send them an, a weekly email a content marketing plan where I'm giving them value, teaching them what they need to know throughout the year and so when I got sick i I um, continued that but on a reduced rate because I would have periods where I felt decent and so I used to email four times a month and then I dropped down to once or twice a month um, and my email list while I got sick dropped down to about nine hundred and it stayed there and so I felt really pleased that I stepped back from my business pretty much for nine months and it it really virtually maintained. It didn't grow. And I don't think, I don't know if there's a way for it to grow when the engine sits out, but if you can at least have it maintain while you're out, I feel like that's a huge victory.
3: Absolutely.
2: Um, And so my goal in 2020 was to take my email list from 900 and and grow it to 10,000 people this year. Um, and that's my only business goal. Literally, I have one goal to grow my audience to 10,000. So I sat down and brainstormed, um, brainstormed with you, another one of my business friends. And then I also booked a coaching call with a general coach and just asked like, okay, what are my ways that I can grow my audience? And I did a ton of reading. Um, Joanna Penn is fantastic, um, at this. How do I grow my audience? And I, I wrote down all the ways one could grow an audience Um, and I settled in on the three or four ways that I'm fantastic at. So my best skills are public speaking, um, and connecting with people. Those are my two best skills. And so I decided that I was going to network the crap out of myself, um, adding value everywhere I go. That's my goal. So my goal isn't pitching myself. My goal is adding value everywhere I go. Finding an audience, finding a person that has a need that I can fill, adding value there and growing my audience that way. And That's so, right yeah. There, I want to pause
1: and I want to repeat what you just said because I'm sorry to interrupt you when you're on a train here. I hope I don't make where no. sure you were going, <clears throat> but what you just said is Fundamental to anybody who's trying to grow readership, whether you're writing a fiction book, a nonfiction book, or a children's book, anything like having <clears throat> value to them so they want to open your emails, they want to participate in your group, they want to be buying your books, they want to be doing that. So, just wanted to highlight that in case anybody had, <laughs> you know, gotten busy doing something.
2: <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Proceed. Yeah, it's true. And I have what I did in order to map that out in case anyone's curious is I sat down and I thought about my target market. Mm -hmm. What needs do they have? What problems do they have in their life regarding my topic? What things are they interested in learning about? And I just jotted those down. I had like a hundred ideas or something like that. And um, it was a big brainstorming session. And then I pulled out a annual calendar and I thought okay what happens in the life of my target market on an annual basis okay so my target market is a mom with kids at home okay so what happens in the life of a mom with kids at home okay we have back to school um, we have summer breaks we have okay that we have Mother's Day we have father's day and then I w- looked at the calendar and I thought about all the major holidays and food related to major holidays right holidays are pretty much just about food <laughs> they're either about food or they're about alcohol right okay. so like so every holiday naturally had a topic to go with it uh, you know as an example st patrick's day is coming and i found a way to use corned beef in six completely different recipes that totally changed the whole flavor profile of corned beef So that when corned beef goes on sale after St. Patrick's Day, you can buy several of them and turn them into other meals that aren't corned beef and cabbage, right? Topics like that. So that my reader can go and find corned beef on sale and use that for three or four other meals over the next few months. Mm -hmm. And so I, and then I map that out and I have 52 themes. And I am going to be Captain Smarty Pants here, Alex. I never even told you that I'm doing this. I'm keeping those themes fixed and I'm reusing those blogs year after year. So yeah, I am not rewriting things. So once I get through, because of my cancer, I only had about maybe 60% of my year written out. So now I'm repurposing those. And um, because the same thing happens year round in my, my target market's life. I don't have to keep recreating new content all the time. Yeah. I just need to keep growing my audience, and so and then nurturing them and adding the value to them along the way. So that's why I booked the eighteen speaking engagements. I actually, wasn't paid for any of them. However, they all have led to the wildest of things just from one month of effort. Out of that has come some crazy stuff, and I'm actually not even pitching any speaking engagements right now because I am getting a hundred percent yes rate. Alexa, a hundred percent of the people I pitch want to have me come, which is crazy. So I'm not pitching anyone right now because I don't have time. Because I have, I built some collaborations that I'm super excited about, and I'm I'm focusing there right now.
1: So okay, so you've gone. You were doing these. you were doing these lives and getting, yeah. Out so what were you doing with that then? Were you, yeah, talk to me a little bit about for, for other people to kind of get an idea of how they can do this. How did you build a program around your book?
2: A program meaning which part, the book club you mean, or you mean when you went in to do these lives. Oh, okay. So I created two signature talks um, that are based on what I know the need is, so one of the talks is um, four steps you can take right now to reduce your food bill. And then the other talk is how I get dinner on the table in 15 minutes, Monday through Friday. Okay. So when I reached out to somebody who had an audience that matched mine, so I looked for people at an audience that matches my audience, but is in a different industry. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to budget grocery moms and, want, and pitching them. Right. But I'm going to similar audiences who have a different niche. So for instance, for me, I go to, um, budget moms. So frugal moms or business coach moms or budget coach moms or Dave Ramsey moms, you know, those types of people. Um, I am going to physicians. I actually spoke at a a Phoenix children's hospital. To talk to the doctors, nurses, dietitians, and parents about how parents can afford an allergy-free diet for their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have the medical community, and then I have the food allergy community. Um, I have the general mom community who needs to get dinner on the table every night and feel like we're going to stab ourselves in the eyes because everybody has to eat all the time. Um, and then I have like the health and fitness. So. Um, specialty groups like autoimmune protocol diets, keto diets, um, or even just fitness groups. So I targeted the types of groups that have my audience in them, but are a different niche. And I just went to them and I said, Hey, I'm Shelly with Dinner for a Dollar. And I have an elevator pitch that I give. I say, I'm Shelly with Dinner for a Dollar. I teach moms how I feed my family a simple allergy friendly, whole food diet for $1 per person per meal. And I do it in 15 minutes, Monday through Friday. I think your audience would want to hear my message. I give two signature talks and then I tell them my signature talks and I say, would you be interested in having me come in and teach that? That's it. That's my pitch. And I accidentally got a hundred percent yeses and overbooked myself for January. (laughs) But it's, it's, it's
1: beautiful because you've said so many things here that I really want people pull out your conference notebook, pull out your notebook, whatever, and write these things down. It starts with knowing your audience. It starts with knowing who your reader is. And you must, 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 if you want to spend a lot of books, let me get on my pedestal here, you must know and understand the person who wants, needs, and will read your book. If you're playing a book just for you, because it's the book you've always wanted to write and you want, you know, it's your passion or whatever, awesome. But you have to understand that you might also only be be the only person who wants that book. Right. Tough love there. Um, But you knew your audience first and foremost. You have a good product. You tested your product. Right. Um, you, You know, you're getting feedback. You run a group about the things going in your book, so you know it's a good product feedback all of that kind of stuff and then you were very easily able to to think outside the box you just named four major audiences that have are are totally different they are children's hospital versus a workout group versus you know moms on a budget but they have the same core audience by the way if anybody in this group is interested because I totally am interested in um, in her signature talk after listening to that I would love to know how to put dinner on in 15 minutes let me know in the comments because um, I'm thinking of we, we've been Shelly and I've been brainstorming about things like this is a group of a lot of women who could potentially busy women who are trying right. to all the things going on and might want some of this um, information as well so anyway Let's move into the next part then, because I think that the next part is really cool. As you started doing these interviews, and I know a lot of this, stuff because like I said at the beginning, we, um, we message each other like 50 times a day. <laughs> we bounce ideas off of each other
2: all the time. Um, we have crazy ideas. Oh my gosh. We, we, and <laughs> many of them will never see the light of day, but they are really fun to talk about. <laughs>
1: But, but as we were doing that, as you were doing your presentations, as you were getting feedback, as you were seeing all of this, as you were bouncing crazy ideas, you developed this book club idea, which this is what I want everybody to hear about because this is so incredible. I really should make her charge you to hear this idea. <laughs> <laughs> right? But tell, tell them about the, uh, the book club idea and what you're doing with that now.
2: Oh yeah. So let me, can I backpedal just a little before I get to book club? Okay. So in this month of January, when I gave all those talks, right? And some of them felt like I was talking to a wall. I totally learned (laughs) how to test out an audience before I say yes, so that I could learn which ones I should go into and which ones I shouldn't. Um, And it felt like many of the talks didn't yield any quote results, right? So my goal for the year, if you remember, is to grow my email list. So I was, at the beginning, I was measuring everything by, did that action create growth in my email list, right? I'm testing my actions and seeing what's creating the results that I want. It's really hard to tell that all the time because sometimes these actions that we take, what ended up happening through that blitz that I did is I ended up establishing myself as an expert in my field, in the online space. And now when people want someone to talk about how to get dinner on the table for busy moms, they think of me because I have positioned myself as an expert. So those 18 talks that maybe didn't even yield any sales or maybe they yielded some, um, they established me as an expert, which laid the groundwork for me to be able to take some actions that I wouldn't have been able to take before. And through that, I've made some really powerful connections and I've come to understand what affiliate marketing really is. Uh-huh. And I'm going to talk about this because it, and it's almost embarrassing to talk about. It. It's so basic and obvious, but I swear I didn't know it two months ago and I'm, I'm moderately intelligent and pretty good at business. So if I didn't understand it at all, I'm going to guess that some other people didn't either. So I thought affiliate was like, I come to you and I say, hey, I've got this book. You pitch it to your audience and, you know, I'll give you 30%, right? Or like you like a certain coffee and you put it on your thing and people buy it and you get a percentage, okay? So I saw it as this really like fly in the pan or flash in a pan, <laughs> fly in a pan, <laughs> flash in a pan, like drive by shooting, like that, that's a terrible analogy, I'm sorry. Not a drive-by shooting, just like a drive-by drive-through approach. Right. I'm gonna stop a moment and apologize for just saying that. I drive-by shooting is really serious, and I'm not. So anyway, so a flat, yeah, (laughs) a flash in the pan marketing, just sales. And here's what I have come to understand: if you want to approach affiliate marketing, this is what you need. And I swear, if you don't learn anything else from me, please learn this because it's crazy. If you you need to find another business owner who has a need in her audience that she does not want to fill or cannot fill. And then the audience needs to have that need. So this lady, this gal, this other business, and I say lady, because I only work with women, not intentionally, just my audience is women. And so the business owners are women. So I need to find a lady who has a need in her business that she can't fill, whose audience has a need that isn't getting filled. That I can fill, and together this makes a perfect triangle and by me coming into her audience, I help her make more money because I'm filling a need in her audience. When you can find that sweet spot, your affiliate program will blow up. When you just have people who are going to sell your product on their site, I can tell you right now no one's going to listen to that right. No one listens to sales. They only listen to a need being filled in their life and so, if you want to affiliate, you 've got to find those partnerships, collaborations where you're the three where the three parts of you are more powerful than she was before you joined her team or her you know her yeah. project and so I found a gal I found actually two really powerful partnerships that i 'm working with right now. One of them is a community where the women want to lose more than 150 pounds. And for those women, um, I am helping them hit their food goals on a tight budget and a tight schedule. I'm not a nutritionist, so I'm not teaching them how to eat. I'm trusting that they're going to learn how to eat wherever they want. I'm helping them eat the way they want to eat on a tight budget and a tight schedule. And she's brought me in to be in the membership community. So that's a monthly ongoing membership on someone else's platform. She has a hundred thousand people in her audience. <laughs> and because I'm stepping in more people will say yes to her membership because I'm providing a tool in that community to help them hit their goal of losing more than 150 pounds. Okay. Okay. So what I'm doing in that community is I'm putting my book in the whole platform, giving it away for free, and then I'm coming in every month and teaching one step out of the book. Over the course of a year, I'll cover you know, my entire book because they're focused on other things. They're also focused on their mindset, you know, overcoming the, the baggage that they have in their mind of being overweight, and, now, and then they're also working on um, movement, uh, exercise. So the food is just one third of what they're doing. I came into her audience, met a need she had, met a need her audience had. And because I joined her, her offer became more powerful and she'll make more money.
1: I mean, it's, it's incredible. And there's so many ways that you can brainstorm on this to see how this could work. I mean, I absolutely start looking for people who have an active audience of people who want to write a book for whatever reason and doing a book club with that, you know, there's so it's such a great idea and the opportunity came to you because you put yourself out there. I did your audience because you narrowed down your topics of where you wanted to be the expert because you put yourself out there and then it, it has resulted in this. And I think that's really important too, that, you have to learn how to promote yourself, and if you're trying to be, become a successful author or successful yep. business owner, and it doesn't have to be dirty. What we nope. described is—I'd be more than thrilled, you know, to, to have the gap filled for a knowledge like you said. It's value as a business owner. People are always looking
2: for value; they're right. always looking for those things. So that's great. Um, yeah. And so then the other offer that I that I ended up working and negotiating is with a gal who is she has an audience of about 13,000 and she is a um she helps women declutter and simplify their motherhood. So exactly. declutter their homes and simplify their expectations and their roles so that they aren't so stressed as a mom. Like I need to And jump. she <laughs> the number one question that people ask her other than about decluttering is about food uh-huh. is she hates talking about food Perfect. and she, um, it, how I found her is she posted in boss mom's group. Hey, I want to start some affiliate programs. You know, here's who I am. Here's my audience. Um, tell me who you got. Well, every single person who answered her was pitching an MLM which I'm not against MLMs, but that isn't what she was looking for. And she even said she wasn't. And so when I pitched myself, I was offering her what she actually wanted. And then I took the extra step and I messaged her and sent her about five affiliates that I thought were the, the right affiliate for her and her audience. And I knew who they were because we have the same audience. Right. And I know, so I didn't have to work at that because I know who my future, who I want my future affiliates to be when my audience is at the right size. And so then I pitched her my idea. She went to my site, downloaded my free chapter. My opt-in is a free chapter out of my book. She messaged me one hour later, said, I love you. I've been looking for you for a year and a half. You're exactly what I teach, except I hate teaching it. Please join me. She said, what can we do together? We booked a call the next morning. And within 48 hours, we had a contract. And we're doing a book club together. And so I'm actually hosting the book club, running it through my site. She's just telling her audience about it. So she has her own affiliate code. I'm sharing 50% with her um, and with a couple of my other people who are affiliates. Um, And what we are doing is we're taking my book. We set up a pop-up Facebook group, a temporary one for 30 days. And we're taking 21 days and walking through the book. I'm doing live six days a week. Wow. In hindsight, I will read, I will adapt that next time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a um, that's a lot. So what I'm doing is I'm doing 12 lives where I teach the 11 steps from my book. And then I'm doing six Q and a sessions. And in that book club, they have full access to me. They get my ebook and workbook and they're getting my brand new book, which is in even out, which is dinner in 15 minutes, which you were one of my beta readers. Yeah. Um, and what I'm going to do, Alexa, because you and I talked about this so that you, this gives you time to hear about it, is um, I didn't get time to build the full 30-day program around the dinner in 15 minutes. So what I'm offering is the dinner in 15 minutes for a seven-day program. And then in the book club, I will help them build their 30-day program built, um, built on the 15-minute program that I've set up. So their 30-day meal plan. So that's what they're getting for $39. Um, that's the ticket that I'm charging. My, my ebook is 10 just for price reference um, in case you're thinking about hosting a book club. Last year, right before I got cancer, I hosted a book club. Um, I, I ran it for free in my own audience as a beta tester to see how that worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and my intention was to use those videos from the beta test to create an evergreen course um, but then I got cancer and we set all that on hold, plus all my videos were an hour long and for the most part, people don't want to hear hour long videos. Mm-hmm. And here we are giving an hour long webinar but um, yeah. or an hour long interview. But um, so this time around, I'm going to try to get them down to 15 minutes um, and then I'm going to use those videos to create an evergreen course. So my book will be in an evergreen course. And then I'm thinking two to three times a year, I'll open it up like this for a live book club where they have the interaction of a Facebook group and the accountability. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure you know this, change is super hard. It's against our nature. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in, in general, we don't change. Um, that's the facts. And um, scientists have shown us that we greatly increase our chances of success if we join a like-minded group mm-hmm. and we share our goals and we hold ourselves accountable and so two to three times a year i plan to ho- open it up to a live one and probably i'll charge more next time for the live one and then the evergreen one i might leave it like maybe 29 or something like that so that's kind of my marketing plan with it. the wheels in my head are just a turning <laughs>
1: <laughs> all the things that can be done oh my gosh yes
2: and i think it's a model that anyone can use and this is what I mean, you and i have been freaking out over like this is a This is a good model. And I think that many authors could use it to grow their platforms, position themselves as an expert, make some money on the side. And once I turn this into an Evergreen platform, then it's something that's running year round. And so, you know, if something happens in my life or I want to take the summer off or, you know, I've got something that is, um, you know, bringing in money year, year round without direct effort.
3: Yeah. That's the goal. That is definitely the goal. And
1: it's. I often think about where I would be if I had just stayed focused. I think one of the smartest things that you did was, I mean, there's a million things you could be doing. You could be doing, uh, I mean, groups to, I mean, just all over the place. You could be all over the place, but you like focused down. You found those, those two key things that you wanted to get on. And I often wonder where I, where I would be if I had focused instead of trying to run Uh, Four businesses and a nonprofit, (laughs) but that's a different, different conversation, a different
2: day. Well, I learned from you because you told me do not create any more products, grow your audience. And I, I listened. Um, and I do have several other, I mean, I really want to write some books about overcoming. Um, I have a fantastic book in my mind. Um, cancer, the greatest gift you never wanted, and talking about the blessings of struggle um, and the gifts it gives you. Um, but I am i told myself I have to wait at least a year because I never got to build my audience. I mean, I literally launched and then I got cancer. Yeah. So I really believe I do have to stay laser focused this year for all of 2020. You are only going to hear me talk about two things, four ways to save money on your groceries right now. And putting dinner on the table in 15 minutes and, you know, maybe I'll create two slight brands dinner for a dollar and dinner in 15 minutes so that I'm hitting two different people. Cause we've talked about this. There are people who are interested in the time component who do not care one spit about whether they save money on their groceries. Right. Um, and from a marketing standpoint, people pay to save time. They don't pay to save money. Um, so I'm learning this. So I'm, I've pivoted, pivoted my message a little bit into the time message. And, and you all will learn that too, as you're, you'll see what people are responding to as you put yourself out there and you do those free talks and you'll, you'll see what people are latching onto that you say. And you're like, Oh, that's my superhero status. My superhero status is, you know, dinner for a dollar and dinner in 15 minutes. That's my superpower. And so why am I going to talk about anything else? You know, like, and I had heard Dana give a talk one time about how to grow a seven figure business. And she said, everybody wants to keep creating new things to sell to the same audience. But the, the secret to a seven figure business is teaching the same thing to a new audience. Yeah. And between her saying that and you saying that, I thought, okay, I've got to, I got to stay laser focused crystal clear yep. and i got to keep doing it like yep. you you can't i can't stop because i get bored with my message right how many times do i want to say teach dinner in 15 minutes well that's a powerful concept that will change people's lives you can eat better if i teach you how to put dinner on the table in 15 minutes that's that's a good point too right wow. and that's a value that i'm adding people and so i got to remember that
1: how many people in this group want to hear one of those messages? We will, <laughs> we will, I know that I know a lot of moms who would love
2: right. to have that. Well, yeah. And I promise I'm, I'm really not trying to promo or pitch myself here. I'm yeah. trying to teach how I came to where I'm at and being, you, you talked about a laser focus and how important that is. And I'm also going to throw in a crystal clear marketing message not only do you need to know where you're trying to go, but you've got to know and who your audience is. You've got to know who you are and what you have to offer. So I'm Shelly with dinner for a dollar and I can offer you dinner for a dollar and dinner in 15 minutes. Well, that's a powerful message. People, because it's, those are relevant topics and it perks people's ears. They listen right in. Of course they want to learn how to do that. Right. And you have, you have one of those things too whatever that is you have your little sound bite that will grab people
1: and then, um, then i expected of her so that was great lots of really good information and um i posted the link to her website as well it's dinner for a dollar i think we may need to have shelly come back in and um and give us one of her seminars so that we can because i know it's truly I mean this has nothing to do with publishing well it does like I'm working so hard to do all the things that I want to do to grow my business and to write books and to do all these things that but I still we have food allergies I can't have gluten corn or soy and I'm not supposed to have dairy that's really hard and to figure it out and do it in 15 minutes a day and make sure my three children are eating what they need to eat so again like know your audience know your pain points know what you can do to serve them before you even start pitching anything and then build stuff around it that will support your book um, and support what you're trying to grow your platform with. So, Oh, I could just talk to you all day long. Cause that's what I do, but it's usually through messenger. So right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, Shelly. Yeah. Thank you, Shelly for everything that you gave me as a colleague and a friend and You will always be with me.